Tiny. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode two of the quarantine episodes of my podcast, Hanging with Henda. Um, so I've been scratching my brain trying to think of good guests to bring on. And uh, as you know, at quarantine episode one, I had um, Dina Toriello, former drummer of Antigone Rising. And I think that was a real treat for everyone. I wasn't sure how I was going to top that. Um, and then I, as I was sitting at the breakfast table this morning, it dawned on me that um, I'm actually sitting right next to the perfect guest for my podcast. And I don't even have to sit six feet away from you or do it over the phone. So I've got my lovely wife here today, Sarah <laughs> Kate Ellis, who many of you know um, as the president of GLAD, a nonprofit organization that is fighting for the rights of the LGBTQ community. Good morning. Oh, oh hi. Good morning hi. to you. Hi. Um, and not just that, she is a wife and mother of my children, and she is the person that keeps our house buzzing, shall I say, buzzing. Is that a good word? That's a great word. Accurate. Accurate. Certainly accurate. Yes. I'm busy. And so I'm just wondering how you are handling the pandemic. Someone, you know, you're a go, you're a go girl. You're usually on the go mm -hmm. and a lot yeah. of traveling. So how are you? I think it's interesting because um, it hit me on, I would say, three fronts, right? First is family security, making sure that we were safe and sound, um, that we were, we had what we needed for um, a time being for the you know, for however long we needed to be in the house. And so that was first and foremost. Secondly was um, the organization that I work for, for GLAD, um, making sure that the team was handled, that everybody was safe. Um, we moved um, to working from home about three weeks ago now, two and a half weeks ago, I guess. Um, and we had to cancel our New York Media Awards and right. postpone our LA Media Awards. Remember when we were debating, when you were debating whether or not to cancel them? Yes. And um, remember when that was even an option? Things were debatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Came to a but yeah, it, it, it was debatable and then it quickly went to... Absolutely not debatable. Yes. Like, we need to do this and we need to do it now. Within the same day, we canceled New York Media Awards and we moved everybody from... Um, our LA and New York offices into their homes right. to work remotely. So it was like, it happened fast, you know? Um, but also it's, it's, it's making sure that the, this, you know, we have two priorities at the organization. First and foremost is, um, is that we, you know, have to serve the community and especially in a time of a pandemic right. when the community is mostly being ignored. Um, for some reason, our daughter, Kate, has decided to take this moment to rearrange the room we're sitting in. Well, she's closing the door so she could do her homework in the other room. Oh, that's valid. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, <laughs> so it's, you know, living in a pandemic. I mean, that's right. Under that's quarantine. Right. Yes. Um, this is the way it goes. So, you know, I think it, it, it really was about, um, for us at, at the organization, was making sure that everybody could work from home, that needed to work from home, that the staff was felt safe and secure. I mean, we're a community that is marginalized. 
Um, and so a pandemic is going to disproportionately affect our community. And we have to make sure that we're ready to stand up for our community on the front lines during this, which um, I was I still just so proud of the team and how quickly they moved and how smartly we had to redistribute work um, based on what we were working on, what we needed to shift to. So that was amazing. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think thirdly, yeah, there's a personal piece to this, which is, you know, I'm a goer. I move. I, I need to be doing three things at once in order to get one thing accomplished and, and, and eventually get all three things accomplished. And I like to be on planes around the world and seeing what's going on out there. So being grounded um, has been challenging, but so much less than I thought. I'm actually really um, embracing it um, because I'm never grounded. I'm mm-hmm. always on the go. And True. as you know, we just moved. So, you know, we have a gazillion little projects to do in our new home that is kind of making it our own home fast, yeah. right? We fast tracked, you know, it takes a while to unpack and get things moving in a new home, especially if you have two working parents and kids going in and out of school. But it's been, um, it's been actually really lovely yeah. to be home all the time. Um, yeah. I, I want to th- point out right now we're sitting in, um, front of our house and there's a big window I'm looking out the window right now there's a dog walking by typically when a dog walks by our house our three dogs we have three little guys and uh they usually bark excessively to the point of I mean it's just the most irritating thing when you're all cooped up and there's three barking little yippy dogs Anytime a dog walks by this house now a dog just strolled by and there was absolutely not a single bark not a single to come out of any of them. And maybe you could explain quickly. It's one of the projects you took on. It is. One of your pandemic projects yeah. was to get the dogs to stop barking. And so maybe you can explain, aside from all the beautiful work you're doing around the world to help <clears throat> civilization, right here at home. Yes. Some of the things you're doing to make our life lives better. <laughs> You have figured out how to get these dogs to stop barking. Well, there's this, I, I don't know, it's a, I ordered it on Amazon. I read about <laughs> it, and I it says it's not cruel to the dogs, so that's the most important thing. But it's definitely if they bark, it lets off a little sonic. It's a little box, and if they bark, it lets off a little sonic, I guess, noise. Yeah. That, that is disagreeable. So um, <laughs> their little ears to their little ears. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But that is one thing that I've discovered since I've been home is that it worked. Well, that it seems to be, it seems to be working. I, I just don't notice. Then I'm like, did they not notice the dog walking by? They always notice dogs right? walking by though. So that's so, the other thing. I just think maybe it works. But the other thing I've noticed since I've been home, cause I, I'm sure all of America who, has the luxury of being quarantined. I mean, I think about all the people on the front lines, and I don't just mean the medical providers, but I mean our grocery store workers. Yeah. And these are mostly black and brown people. These are minority, usually people, a lot of LGBTQ people who are showing up to work in the mm-hmm. middle of a pandemic to make sure people have food or gas. Um, anyway, is that I have three puppies who follow me around nonstop non-stop I can't and trip me the yeah, whole time I, I can't move from one room to another I have one you can see 
well, you can on the on the podcast, but I've got this one that is just jumping on top of me right now. Yes. Scooter. And, you know, it's a lot of love, and I love all the love. But yeah. sometimes I'm like, could I just have a little social distancing from you guys? Well, but, you know, your um, daughter and I find it extremely annoying how much attention the dogs give you. I it, I know. <laughs> so obnoxious but i am the one who walks them every morning that's not i mean i I don't know why they think i'm like the bees knees but they do you wanted not well tucker you wanted our first guy but the other two you wanted nothing to do with and they follow you around i know it's so bizarre they peppy le pew me it's bizarre literally peppy le pew you it's true um so anyway um we have three dogs who love you excessively excessively yeah and that's nice for you. And one of your solves during this time is how to silence them. Yeah. They don't even know how they're being manipulated by you. No. That's maybe why they love me. That could be why. That could be why. Um, so, you know, I was wondering what you are up to when, you know, we're in a, the middle of a health crisis mm-hmm. of this proportion of pandemic. Um, and obviously the LGBTQ community faced a huge pandemic at one point. Yes. Um, do you feel like that makes our community somewhat more prepared to handle this? Um, I think the short answer is yes. I think that we understand government's very slow reaction to a health crisis. Um, we understand, I think that's one of the reasons why our community is so strong is because we had to come together. Um, there were literally lives on the line. People were dying every day. And um, I also think that we are um, a community that really needs each other. And in times like this, we rely more and more on each other. So, I, you know, if you think about the younger generation of our community, they, they didn't live through this pandemic right. or this, the you AIDS know, right. the, the AIDS crisis. Um, so... But I hope this brings into focus for them the history of our community. Because that's one thing that we talk about is um, how do the kids who are coming up after us, who are born with marriage equality, are born with organizations that have been formed over the past 35 years to fight for their rights and their acceptance, how do we instill in them that we have to keep fighting, that this isn't over, that this is never over, that when you're a marginalized community, your rights are fragile right. and your acceptance is fragile and that can always change. And if you're not there securing it and pushing for it. And so I think this brings into focus that. Right. Um, I also think that the, you know, the past three and a half years of this Trump administration has brought that into focus as well. Right. Um, you know, I'm glad since that administration has taken um, office, we've been counting sort of the attacks, um, both in rhetoric and policy against the community. We're over 125 attacks from this administration on our community. Right. Um, and so, <clears throat> I, you know, I do, I, I, I hope for the younger generation that this does bring that into focus, that they understand in a way um how significant the AIDS crisis was and what that was, what that meant to our community and how many people we lost. Right. No, I know it was, I, I totally agree. I think that it's something that brings, it brings people together. It brought our community together mm-hmm. in a way that 
I think eventually is what led to all of the, all that's happened, you know, with equality. Mm -hmm. Um, I always say like, we know how to come together. Isolation is, um, I just think about the kids in America right now living across this country who are not in accepting households and are forced to be now there 24 seven. They cannot get out of those households. Um, And my heart just breaks for them because I, you know, even though you have internet access, they might, that probably is being monitored. I mean, we're parents, we understand we're monitoring our kids' internet access and where they're going and what they're doing. So we think. Yeah, so we think. (laughs) And I mean, but if you're, you know, if, if, if you're in a house that is homophobic, you can't get to, you know, the Trevor site if you're not, if you're feeling down or you can't get to these really important places where you feel a sense of community and connection. Uh, I, you know, I think right now it's so important that there are TV shows, everyday TV shows and movies that include LGBTQ people. So these kids who are sitting in their homes can, can capture their, their community and get a sense of community even from that. Yeah, true. What are some things you've been watching? It's more like what haven't I been watching? Um, I just wrap. Well, you know, I just we just wrapped up oh, the right. network. Oh, that's right. You actually mean the morning show on Apple TV? Yeah, you're more than just a guest on my podcast. I am more than a guest. You are my quarantine mate. Yes, my quarantine soulmate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, and the Jennifer Aniston blew my mind. Blew my mind. Yeah, blew my that scene. I mean, she, with her daughter. She, it became multidimensional for me suddenly. Like, she's more than just the girl who Brad Pitt wrecked. And I hardly remember her from Friends, honestly. Very feminist of you. I know. But um, that's all she is to everybody. No, she's a friend. Well, I know. She's on Friends. She's yeah. America's sweetheart. I know, but then Brad Pitt broke her heart, and that was, like, I mean, so overblown. Yes, that was. Do you know what I mean? I and do. so, like, I forgot that she even acts. Right. She just became like this symbol of ridiculousness. I mean, she was unbelievable. So she was, was beyond unbelievable. She really was. Like, has that already gone through like, um, you know, awards? Like, was she nominated? Award season? Um, because she. No, it should be this upcoming Emmy season. I feel like, I can't remember if that was up for it or not. Anyway. I can't um, remember. I don't know when it was She should win. Released. Like. Yeah, it, no, she, I agree. There were so many. Epic scenes. Epic. With Jennifer Aniston. I She was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I feel the same way. You know who else I feel that way about is Jennifer Beals mm. in The L Word. Ah. There's so many scenes. She's so good. She's so good. Yeah. And like whenever I watch The L Word, even old seasons of The L Word, and then this this new season, it's like Jennifer Beals comes on and like she's tears up a right. scene like it's like a master class yeah she is a master right class. and it's like she just elevates the the yeah. entire thing and i just felt like jennifer aniston at least one time every mm-hmm. episode took the ball mm-hmm. and ran i mean so many epic scenes like that we actually rewound to watch again. i know which i never do. i never do that either I'll, I i'm fine missing an entire episode and picking up where we left off i totally agree how have you been handling the kids and homeschooling? How have we been handling that? How have we been handling that? I, I don't mean, know if we're handling that really well. 
It's hard. You know, it's th- we have two very different kids. Like right. Kate, our daughter, wakes up at eight. You know, wakes up before eight, six thirty, and by eight o'clock is sitting at the dining room table doing her homework and has everything completed by like one o'clock. Right. Our son, uh, still asleep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and when you say to him, "Did you do your work?" He says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And then. It's all, it all needs to be submitted by Friday. And then Thursday night, the epic meltdown comes. Right. And you find out he hasn't done a thing. Well, I so, keep looking at his, um, I try to look at their little Google classrooms or whatever's happening. <clears throat> so I think, you know, I think it is what it is. Our kids are intelligent. They're reading. They're doing their math. They care about their work. And we're working parents too. You know, right. like that's the part like these teachers who are trying to learn how to get up online, teach these classes and homeschool their own kids. I don't know. I, I, I just think that there is a wide margin of, you know what, it is what it is. Yeah. Right. And well, everybody's living in a pandemic too. That's what I find. Like, you know, these teachers are being forced to like adapt. It's hard enough to adapt to this, I, what's happening. Like we're all adapting I, to right? life in quarantine. And now on top of that, they're being forced to adapt to this totally different way of teaching, which is like, I almost feel like I wanted school to just chill for a couple of weeks and let everybody ease into quarantine, including the teachers. Well, I think it gives the mind something to do. I think if you just chill for a few weeks, it's like, what are well, these kids going to do? Nobody's chilling. I mean, who's chilling? Like when you first got into quarantine, it was like, you're not just chilling. You're like trying to figure out how to live in your bunker right you know like how do you get food how do you right you know how do you wash your hands when there's nothing that left in the stores to wash your hands with I mean it's like bananaville going on you know and the first couple of weeks were you know a lot of like am I sick are you sick where have you been especially in New York it's like I you know you've been in and out of New York City you're coming home into this house every night with us you've been in California, we've all airplanes, and we literally came from like hot spots. I we came home from California. I was in Oakland, uh, on while the ship was bobbing. I drew, we drove over the bridge and could see the quarantined ship bobbing out there in the ocean. Right, right. So you know, we've both you know, it's like it's very traumatizing. It what's is. Going on. It is. So I do feel like everyone like just needed a minute to a like, minute, get yeah. their bearings. I, I'm with Which, you. So I, I think the teachers were forced to do yes. quite a bit. Yes. In, uh, they always are. I yeah. mean, they always are. Um, anyway. And I think personally, I'm not just saying this so the kids have got good grades. <laughs> I mean, have they, in their elementary school, they, there hasn't been a stinker in the bunch for them. Their teachers are amazing. Are amazing. Amazing. Well, what about so uh, in in our town on Friday, the teachers did a honk and wave parade. Where, parade where they all drove by. They had a route in. We have a small town, so they just drew drove the route and had signs and balloons and honked their horns and waved at the kids. And all the kids were out on the street. I mean, obviously we were all social distancing, but you could wave to your friends. And it was just, I like literally was crying the whole time. I it can was hardly so even moving. talk about it. The teachers yeah. were so awesome. It was just, it, it was um, one of those moments where you see a community come together in the way that it can. So true. It really, really did. Um, so anyway, I just want to thank you so much, Sarah Kate Ellis, for carving time out um, of your day to sit here and do my podcast. 
the Hanging with Hendo quarantine sessions. You've been an epic guest, and I think I might force you to do this again, actually, in the coming weeks. But um, for now, I'm going to let you go off to work, and I hope everybody has a great day. Stay sane and keep taking it one day at a time. All right. Later on.